sleeping car of the Midnight Express, it's the IGN Digiguide. So take off your thinking caps and please welcome two rebels without a cause, Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. You know what that funky opening music was? Oh, that's the uh, greatest song ever written. Well, we first of all, that was a vintage 2008 opening, and to go along with it, we had some vintage Monday Night Football music. That's the original theme for Monday Night Football. You know why I played that? Why? Uh, in honor of Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> that's why. No, because uh, <laughs> in, in honor of uh, in of honor football. of football and in honor of uh, the grand old gridiron game, we are going to start the show talking about baseball. <laughs> Because uh, we can, because it's our show. That's right. We talk about whatever we want. Whatever we want. You know, uh, it's baseball time. And, Wade, I have to say that uh, I am rooting for the Brewers. Really? Uh, yes, they're a fun team. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. So, if they I put, under- they, they, they have a, like, Prince Fielder and these guys, they have a certain amount of swagger that I think is just fun. You know, sometimes that swagger can tip over into showing off the opposing pitcher or being, uh, or being arrogant or being too flippant. But these guys are just fun. They're a fun team. You know, every year there's a team. It was, one year it was the White Sox. One year it was the Angels. One year it was, it was, it was Tampa Bay. They're, they're a fun bunch of guys who kind of came out of nowhere, and they're, and they're coalescing like a real team. They're not a big market team. They're mm-hmm. just a fun little team. And this year it's the Brewers. They're a fun team. I hope they win. Well, you know what? I'm uh, I'm rooting for the Brewers as well, and uh, in that same vein, as it happens, I'm actually seeing the new Footloose tomorrow tomorrow morning. You know, um, I didn't want to see that, but I, I say I'm I'm rooting for the Brewers. That's why I'm seeing Footloose tomorrow morning. Greg Brewer directed Footloose. Oh. Jeez, do I have to hand it to you on a cookie? Well, you just did. Okay. Uh, okay, so we're going to talk about baseball. How's hustle and flow? How do you go from hustle and flow to footloose? You know, I, I can't remember I if, we, if we I can't remember if we talked about this. There's there's two there's two possibilities. Wait, there's like, two possibilities. The first possibility is that it was just an open assignment, and Craig Brewer got it. Right, it's an open assignment. Studio's got a movie. They're trying to find a director. I they guess. call it an open assignment, and whatever reason he gets it. Yeah. The other possibility which I sincerely doubt, is that Craig Brewer, who took a pass at the script, he, he may even have co-scripting. Uh, he does. Uh, he does. Yeah. He, the, the other option is that maybe he is going to make this into something. Uh-huh. He saw some potential. Yeah. He wanted to make it. Because, you know, the original, let's face it, the original, it's fine. It's not. No, it's uh, not. It's it sucks. Whatever. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's, yeah, it's not. not it's I fine. was an it's usher at the theater when we played that. I've seen and heard that movie at least 100 times. It's terrible. Oh, God. Right. Anyway, baseball. Oh yes. Okay. So here's the thing. I I'll start with the uh, with the with the little guy, then get get to the big dog. Yeah. Uh, Derek Jeter, as you know, uh, recently surpassed uh, three thousand hits for his career. He is uh, one of the greatest Yankees ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a DVD called Baseball's Greatest Games: Derek Jeter's Three Thousandth Hit. This he's, is he's a first the... baseman, right? Yes. See, I know things. He uh, he. Um... <laughs> I, I know a few things. Oh yeah. Uh, you know nothing. Yeah. Um, so he got the 3,000th hit uh, against the Tampa Bay Rays, and it was a home run, by the way. Yeah. And it was very exciting. It was a great – he had other hits in that game. It wasn't just like 3,000th hit, and then he goes home. Yeah. He had a great game, game that day. Okay. And this is the game. Now, uh, so that's on DVD. Nice. Now, here's the thing. Uh, the Yankees are arguably the most uh, – except maybe for, like, you know, Manchester United, they're probably the most valuable team in all of sports. 
Yeah, I mean, in the world, I mean, maybe as far Man as valuable, whatever, yeah. Yes. I mean, you're, you know, as far as legendary teams in their sports, you've also got the Montreal Canadiens in hockey, but they're not that valuable of a team. That's true. I, I think in just valuation of the team, Yankees, Manchester United. Um, I don't even think the Lakers are that valuable. No, put it's, put it this way. Yeah. There have been. I'm, I'm rounding this up for simplicity. There have been about a hundred World Series. Yeah. You realize that the Yankees have won a quarter of them. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. And if you love the Yankees, there is only one DVD set you can get. By the way, notice I don't say Blu-ray. Yeah, because it, it ain't is, a Blu-ray. No. It is called Yankeeography Pinstripe Legends. This oh my thing gosh. is insane. Now, this was on the Yes Network. So if you've seen it on the Yes Network, doesn't matter. You're still going to want it. This is 46 episodes, 44 hours, all about the Yankees. It includes a 32-page booklet. A uh, bunch of player pictures. This is all about the Yankees. This is oh unbelievably gosh. definitive. This is it. My God, I love this thing. This thing was fantastic. Um, wow, this weighs like eighteen pounds. It, it, you know, it's you know what? It's got archival footage. You know, it's got it's it's got a bunch of document. The whole thing's a documentary. I could, I could like uh, exercise with it. I could bench press. This. Mickey Mantle's retirement ceremony. That booklet is that's gorgeous. Play by play, Roger Maris hitting his sixty uh, first home run. Wow. You know, there's uh, there's workout footage with Babe Ruth working out, which oh of course gosh. he really did because he was Babe Ruth and wasn't was kind of fat and, drunk, <laughs> and, and fat and drunk. But uh, this is unbelievably definitive. Wow! And this is great stuff from A and E. This is a I total have to set that aside for the gift for the uh, the gift guide show. It's a great gift. Yeah, it's a great gift. I mean, it's expensive, but I mean, you're really getting your money's worth. My goodness! Absolutely. So that's great stuff. Well, that's uh, that's that's the show, folks. There Good night, everybody. Good night. Oh wait, ha, ha, wait, wait! It's very exciting. Hang yes. on. Now we have listener mail today, by the way. But we don't have any listener audio mail. No, no listener audio mail. What is wrong mail. with you people? I'm telling you, it's nothing. You just you gods know what? at digigods.com. Gods at digigods.com. You can record it into your iPhone and email it to us. There you go. It doesn't have to be like a whole production. Now wait, here's the thing. Yes. I, I I had stopped uh, cooking. I know you had. And baked and I encouraged I, I was you, getting fat. I encouraged you to get back on the saddle. Yes, I was getting fat. And then I told you about my chicken paprikash, and you were all over me because you're 55 grams of fat per I, serving. I clicked on the link that you yeah, for the yeah, recipe of yeah. your chicken pop or whatever. Paprikash. It, whatever. It's, uh, uh, it's 54 grams of fat per that's, serving. That, that's actually not accurate. It's it's probably more like twenty eight if you use lean like chicken. They, they they're assuming that you're putting you know like fatty leg chicken with the skin still on it and it just bleeds fat right into the sauce. That's, that's what you well, do. That's why, but that's that's why it tastes good. Yeah, no, it no, it tastes good because you're using a whole cup of sour cream in making the sauce, the paprika sauce. But see what I do, a little little Chinese secret here. I actually use creme fraiche. Which makes it even better, <laughs> even more. And then instead of the water, I actually uh, use I use a, a, a chicken um, broth stock. No, well, not not chicken stock or chicken broth. Chicken base. You use chicken base to make chicken stock. It's the oh, best stuff in the world. Chicken yeah. base. Secret. Okay. Well, mine. My my story is not that exciting. My uh, my, yeah. my my mother had a request for vanilla ice cream. Yeah. So I went and made vanilla ice cream. Okay. And uh, I was You're going to make me eat it, aren't you? I was a little in- intimidated because this vanilla ice cream was like the one where you take the actual vanilla bean. Yes. You take a paring knife, you split it, you scrape the seeds out, you do take the, the, like worm the whole out. thing. Take the worm out. Okay, I have to say something. Mm. Now, I'm going to make you try this ice cream live yeah. on podcast, Great. television, or something. Um, this ice cream yeah. is not only the best ice cream I've ever made, yeah. it is honestly the best ice cream. I've, it's the best vanilla ice cream I've ever eaten anywhere. 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get up from the – and by the way, this thing is so smooth, I'm going to take this thing out of the freezer. I haven't, I haven't uh, uh, softened oh, it. Gosh. I'm going to take it out of the freezer, and you'll see how soft it is with your spoon. You go fetch that. I'll talk about some docs. While he is getting ice cream and that he's going to inflict on me, you know what? Uh, Prohibition has been on PBS lately. Uh, this is the new Ken documentary by Ken Burns and Lynn Novick. And uh, I got a Blu-ray of it right here. And you know what? Uh, this is a pretty terrific doc. It is, it's a little long in the tooth, like all Ken Burns stuff. This thing is long. It's like six hours. Um, but it, it really, the whole I history... I like this thing. Prohibition's good. It is really good, it's isn't good. it? Mm-hmm. That is a, it's a ter- tremendous doc. And I was getting a little tired of some of the sanctimonious history docs from Ken Burns. Like, all right, nope. thank you. You know things. I understand. You do research. Thank in you. In fact, get this. I watched Prohibition, the documentary. Yeah. And I went and bought... Um, a still. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I uh, went a license and bought, for a speakeasy. Um, uh, what's his name's book called? Last Call. Yeah. I forgot, his, I forgot the author's name. Uh, he wrote a book, and he, he, he's in... Carson he, Daly. He's, exactly. He's in the documentary. Yes. And he wrote a book called Last Call about um, Prohibition. I went right. and bought the book. It's, I, it's, I have not it, started reading it yet. It's really... You learn so much here. I mean, it's such a... It's a fascinating political and cultural history, and... Really, if you think about it, I mean, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. This is a, they passed a constitutional amendment to the United States Constitution banning alcohol. Limiting. And then, like, a few years later, reversed it. Yeah. I mean, that's like the most bizarre twist in American history. It, it was the only constitutional amendment that limits an individual's right to do something. Yeah. It, it's like it, the, the antithesis of everything this country was predicated on. So when people are like, oh, oh that could never happen in America. Yeah, really? It did. It happened for about 14 years yeah. in the 20s and 30s. Unbelievable. All right. Anyway, this is a terrific doc. I, I really great. liked it and, a lot. And a really, really good Blu-ray. I got to tell you, it's a really good transfer. It's, uh, it's sharp. It's, you know, and it's nice to see the Ken Burns stuff because some of the earlier Ken Burns stuff, not Blu-rayable because they didn't, they did it, they didn't, there was no high def at the time. That's true. So you get, you know, Ken Burns now is paying attention to, to you know, making sure this stuff has a real high definition archival quality. It's beautiful. All right, wait, speaking of beautiful, here's the thing. I've taken my vanilla ice cream yeah. out of the freezer. I, this, 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 by the way, is great. This makes for great radio <sighs> as we talk about eating ice cream. Wonderful. I want you, now, I, I want you to be honest. Just take a spoon and just shovel it in my gourd. Yeah, just take a spoonful of it and, uh, okay. and eat it. This, this, by the way, is, is live uh, uh, podcasting. How, now, it's, it's, uh, that right out of the freezer, it just scooped right up, right? Mm-hmm, very nice. Incredibly soft. Yeah, very soft. Mm. Oh, come on. Yeah, well, do- well done, Kaiser. Well done. Seriously. Yeah, well done. It's good. You, you're okay. It's good. I'm you're, on board. You're, you're not joking. I'm on board. No, I'm, I'm on board. Did you, did you do it all the way from scratch with, like, rock salt and whatnot? Wait, so what, rock salt? Well, like, yeah, rock, don't, you make ice cream with rock salt. I didn't make this with rock salt. Okay, what'd you make it with? It was very oh, good. I know, you went and you, you bought yourself some, uh, some Haagen-Dazs, and then you threw your own vanilla bean in but it. But it's that good, right? It's yeah, that good, it, come it's on. It's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty good. It was very delicate. Yes. Because as I said, I had to split the uh, bean and everything. Yes. Right? It's very delicate work. Don't, go, fact, around, don't go around public telling people that you split beans, because exactly. it could be misconstrued. Okay, thank you. In fact, it was very delicate work, Wade. In fact, I had to buy... A special brand new piece of equipment. Oh no! Here we go. In order to make this happen, you're going to Shanghai me right live on the show. Oh my gosh! There they are. Yep. He's got glasses. Yep. Yep. You know what? They look good. Welcome to the club. Yep. 
<laughs> I have reading but, glasses. But they, they make the world look uh, fabulous, don't they? <sighs> of course they do. Nice frames. What frames are those? I don't know. I have reading glasses. Who cares? I'm okay. old. All right. Ugh, it was you terrible. Know, a, lot, a lot of that. Uh, it's not terrible. Huh? I'll deal with it. Okay, more By dogs. By the way, the whole vanilla ice cream thing. Yes. Was a uh, was a was I mean it wasn't a pretense. I really yeah. did it. Yeah. But the the punchline was the unveiling of my reading glasses, which I great. thought would make you freak out. It didn't make. I'm very happy for you. No, yeah. yeah I'm very happy. Yeah. Okay, quickly blow through I'm some other dogs. I'm taking them off, by the way. I'm gonna blow through some other dogs. I don't really need them, unlike you. Planet Earth on Blu-ray, the six-disc special edition. Um, pretty great. If you've uh, if you've ever seen the Planet Earth stuff, it's there's just no question. You got to see it on Blu-ray. There's no other way to watch this stuff. It's all nature documentary stuff, but gosh, it's gorgeous. The bigger the TV, the better the TV. The more high def the TV, the better. Uh, and at some future show, we should really talk about megahertz issues because I know so many people that are like, why does my movie look like video? God, it's, I love this vanilla ice cream. It's because they're running their television at 120 hertz or even 240 hertz if they uh, have one of the really whiz-bang jobs. You know, I and have friends who like watching movies at 120 hertz. They're crazy. They're out of their minds. They're crazy. It, it looks look, like a video. It looks like video. It looks like a soap opera. It's ridiculous. They're crazy. There should be a law against that, like prohibition. We should pass a constitutional amendment. A constitutional constitution. Uh, anyway, there's some bonus programs on here as well, and uh, it's great. It, it really is great. It's just more nature photography than you'll ever be able to watch in one sitting, but, you know, it's good for kids and stuff. It'll just keep them occupied. Why not? And then we also got Nostalgia for the Light, which is a tremendous documentary from uh, director Patricio Guzman, who previously did the Battle of Chile. And uh, this thing is amazing. I, this is, Believe it or not, there's a whole scientific and, and political history to this thing that uh, most of you have never heard of. And uh, it's about the, this um, thing called the Atacama, which is this desert, this barren desert place in Chile where they, you can see the skies better than almost anywhere else in, on, the, on planet Earth. It's amazing. You can see everything. And this is where some of the best uh, uh, radio telescopes are. And um, this figures into a really kind of a fascinating period of Chilean history as well, because this desert is where political prisoners were buried, where, you know, Pinochet would uh, basically have all of his victims taken out and, and, and tossed. So there's a whole kind of dual thing going on between the, the, the issue of astronomy and then the politics, and it makes for just a really totally unique documentary. And I know you think, what the hell are you talking about? But trust me. Nostalgia for the light. You watch it, and then you'll go, oh, I get it. Astronomy and politics, and it somehow all comes together in a whole. It's brilliant. It really, it's, it's a beautiful, poetic film. And stuff like that is why Blu-ray was created. It is. It's gorgeous. It's just crazy gorgeous. Uh, in a very, very timely fashion. Also have a, a, a decent film here, a decent self-distributed doc, uh, rather timely, it turns out, called A Mormon President. Which is, uh, it tries to sort of tie the history of, uh, of previous Mormon politic, political issues and uh, presidential runs in with the current presidential runs of Mitt Romney and John Huntsman, who um, are apparently under attack by uh, Baptists now with this whole uh, the pastor toss-up and Rick oh, Perry God. and the whole thing. You know what? Yeah. That's as, all the, that was all the news today. As they, used to, as they used to say, you will never go broke underestimating the intelligence of the American public. 
It's fascinating to me. Like definition of who isn't isn't a Christian. Do do we do we get like who isn't isn't a Jew? Is that a, an issue among Jews? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that answers my question. Anyway, it's 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 a it's a it's decent. Uh, you know, uh, obviously not as timely as it could be if it were being incorporating current events, but you know, interesting nonetheless. And uh, Disney Nature African Cats is uh, another movie that I would not have watched if not for the fact that it's on Blu-ray. And it's gorgeous on Blu-ray. And just kitties. This is kitties. Stupid cats. Kitties with spots and kitties with fur. Look at the little and lion kitty, puppy. And kitties that eat people. And kitties that maul and, and kitty, make you bleed. Kitty wouldn't eat me. Yeah, that kitty, kitty would. me. These kitties would. Uh, I love cats. I admit it. Uh, big ones, uh, tame ones, wild ones. They're just great. And uh, African Cats is a lot, an awful lot of fun. I miss this in the theater. Glad it's on Blu-ray because it's just gorgeous photographer, gorgeous photography. The, uh, the Disney nature people really do a great job. It's a nice division. I have my problems with Disney as a company these days. but Are you seeing Puss in Boots on Saturday? I don't know. It's it's the twenty second. It's not this Saturday. It's the it's week from Saturday. Yeah. Do you want to see? It's like it's a Shrek spinoff. I know. I really don't. I don't. The thing is that all all these animated films they always screen on Saturday morning so that the critics critics can take their kids. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And uh, I don't know that I want to do that. Anyway. Anyway, uh, make believe is a. you know, it's uh, it's a good little documentary. It won the best documentary award at the LA Film Festival, and it's uh, it's a charming film. It's about um, the uh, it's about a competition, the world at the World Magic Seminar in Vegas to pick the um, world's best teen musicians. So you get these teen uh, these kids. Uh, there are two from South Africa. There's one from uh, Japan, and there's a couple, there's a couple from the United States. And uh, these these kids are not all of them, but some of them are amazing. Really, most of the pleasure you'll get from this from make believe is watching these kids. The actual competition doesn't necessarily interest me, or didn't interest me because I didn't really I wasn't that invested in, in, in them personally. But the fact is, is that uh, some of the stories, especially the uh, the boy from Japan, because he lives in a teeny tiny little town, where the idea that he would go to America. And be the world's best anything is so beyond his comprehension because he's come to this tiny little nothing town. Yet the kid is unbelievably good. Sweet. And uh, so make believe it's 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 got some really c- cute stuff in it. It's good. And then we got a concert thing here. Bette Midler, the showgirl must go on. This is a uh, seventy-minute show that uh, they recorded from her uh, Caesar's Palace performances. And uh, you know what? It's great. I got to tell you, Bette Midler, she's such a freaking ham, and she made so many bad movies in the 80s. But honestly, uh, the woman knows how to just rock it. She's got that Vegas thing, you know, that Wayne Newton, Tom Jones, Cher she's a, she's a born thing showman. where you can just walk out and you got your show nailed and all of those people from the Midwest who have paid, you know, a hundred and some odd dollars a ticket to wear their Bermuda shorts in from the hotel and, and get a get shown a good time. She rocks it. It's terrific. Um, it's, on DVD, it's on DVD and Blu-ray. Guess how old Bette Midler is? Uh, 70. 65. Close enough. I thought I was going to overshoot, and I did. Okay. Uh, well, anyway, she looks great, and she's terrific, and she's a great entertainer, an amazing voice, and the and the songs are great, and the comedy is great, and the band is great, and the whole thing is just terrific. And you really feel, especially if you're watching on Blu-ray, like you're there in Vegas. The only thing was when she gets to Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy, I had a horrible flashback to For the Boys. To, any, to her, to any, she and any, James Con wearing that awful latex makeup at the end. Any flashback 
to for the boys is by definition horrible. Horrible, yes. By the absolutely. way, speaking of latex, old age makeup. Did you see the uh, a trailer for uh, Jay Edgar? Oh my gosh! Oh, we watched awful. the trailer. We together. did. We did. I, I'm sorry. I just wrong. He 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 wasn't Howard Hughes, and he's even less Jay Edgar Hoover. Why do people keep casting him in period films? <laughs> he's he's like 35 years old, and he still looks like he's 18. I mean, come on. He's not. I mean, he's good in certain things, but not good no, in everything. No, Somehow no. he's being anointed as like the new. Brando. Brando. I just he's don't not. get it. He's he, You can't put him in anything. No. I don't know why Scorsese decided he was my new De Niro. I, I don't either. It's a mystery to me. And it's not like those movies that perform that well. It's not like he's really packing them in. No. He's not. No. I mean, whatever. Anyway, moving on. Uh, and, uh, well, let's see. Uh, we got uh, new movies. We got foreign. Uh, shall we do uh, new movies? And uh, we're going to start off with the Palme d'Or winner, a film that we both loved and uh, still love, which is going to be right at the top of my top ten list. I just don't see anything dislodging it before the end of the year, i got to be honest. The Tree of Life, Terrence Malick's amazing, uh, incredibly ambitious, not totally perfect, but so close to perfect, you just can't believe it, uh, masterpiece on uh, Blu-ray and DVD and digital copy. Uh, we gave this thing uh, a little work over before the show, really going through some stuff. I love the fact this is one of those Blu-rays where it says the producers uh, suggest that you play this loud. They really did. Yeah. Uh, you know what? And, and the funny thing is that we blasted the audio, yeah. and they're right. They're right, yeah. They're right. It's you know a good what? Mix. It's a, it's a very it's an excellent mix. It's an very awesome mix. very detailed. In fact, I enjoyed listening to this film more in my living room yeah. than when I watched it projected. Yeah. It's a great mix. It's a really good mix. Uh not exactly thick by way of extras. It's got, you know, a featurette on it. Woo, featurette. But um wow, gosh, it's gorgeous to look at. And just so much richness in the colors. I'm very curious to see the experience of watching the film at home because again the film is it is almost it, it, it is incredibly dense yeah and almost impenetrable if you look well, at it a certain way I, so I, if you're at if you're at home and you're being distracted by the phone and the vacuum cleaner and your yeah, neighbors it's not going to work as can well, you really really experience you it you really have to pay attention i mean for those who don't know what it's about it's basically his 2001 malik's much more spiritual but equally existential version of, you know, kind of look at the meaning of life, all kind of centered around this Texas family in the 1960s. Brad Pitt's the the, the dad and uh, uh, Jessica Chastain is the mom. They represent, you know, two different ways of going through life. And it's about the, you know, one of their three kids who is torn. And then somehow we fold this in with the creation of the universe and dinosaurs and evolution and the existence of some kind of a central mover that may or may not be God and an afterlife in which... You know, everyone kind of gets to repair whatever misdeeds they did, and and, and it wraps up, and somehow you walk out going, wow, I'm not quite sure what I saw, but it's profound and moving and provocative in a way that movies aren't usually even trying to do. And it was funny because, you know, a lot of of theaters got stung because they, in the Midwest, they would say, the new Brad Pitt film. So, you know, date night yeah. couples would come see the new Brad Pitt film, and they would be assaulted by the yeah. Tree of Life. Yeah. And they were walking out. No, it's true. I, n- I know a family that, went to the family that went to see it with the kids. Can you imagine making kids sit through that? <laughs> like, 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 no, it's a dinosaur movie, really. The dinosaurs, are, they're, they're coming soon. They're coming soon. No, the dinosaurs are coming soon. You get to a scene where they're spraying DDT in the faces of children. You go, wait a minute. What the, where are the dinosaurs? Kids are going, Mommy, what's DDT? Yeah. All right. But you know what? It's, this is a gorgeous Gorgeous Blu-ray. Absolutely. And, and when, when I say gorgeous, I mean not only is, does it look great, but it is a 100% consistent 
to what Malik put on film. Yes, absolutely. So, yes, there's going to be some grain structure in it. Yep. But that doesn't mean it's bad. That means that's exactly how Malik shot it. Yep. Right on. The transfer on. process completely honored yep. what he put on film. Uh, if any of you have seen Maria Bello in uh, the new Americanized version of Prime Suspect, I'm sorry. She's really good in it. I just don't like the show that much. I think it's not that well done. But, however, you have an option because Maria Bello is one of the best actresses currently working. Uh, I, I hope that television series does not mean the end of her film career, kind of like how uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia has removed uh, uh, Danny, DeVito. Danny DeVito from directing or appearing in movies for like a decade. It like, is true. It's terrible. I mean, I want him to direct movies. He's a great director. He he, he had a great run. War yeah. of the Roses and oh uh, Throw Mama from the Train. Madeline is a terrific film. Madeline, Madeline's a great film. Even Hoffa. I'll, I'll buy Hoffa. No, totally. He needs to make more movies. Anyway, Beautiful Boy, starring Maria Bello and Michael Sheen. Um, we have this on Blu-ray and on DVD. Uh, I expected it to be a lot better on Blu-ray, actually, than it, than it turns out to be. It, it's, uh, it's less shimmery than I would have hoped. But, again, it's not a photography film. It's not... You know, so very good on Blu-ray, but I think you're going to get just as much of an impact on DVD. It's all about the acting here. It's all about the acting. This is a tremendous movie about two people who already have a rather fragile marriage, and um, when they get news that their son has basically become a a suicide shooter in his school, that just turns their world upside down. It just completely wrecks everything, and it's how they cope. And what it does to their relationship and bringing them together and tearing them apart and bringing them together. Uh, really amazing. Uh, co-written and directed by Sean Koo, who is an incredibly talented director. I mean, these are great performances. There are moments in here where Maria Bello is so real, it just it, it shatters your heart. It's unbelievable. Really good commentary with Sean Koo and uh, his cinematographer and editor. Uh, deleted scenes you really don't need to watch, but the movie itself on Blu-ray or DVD is a sledgehammer. And, uh, you know... Because this is a uh, an Anchor Bay release, I'm afraid that it may not get much attention when awards time comes around because they just don't do that. They don't push their films for awards. Anchor Bay is not in the mix for awards season, but they should reconsider with this film. Well, here's some inside baseball. Did uh, did you get an email from uh, or a call from the uh, publicist for this? Uh, you know, I did actually. I got an email saying, uh, "Did you get the Did you get the DVD?" and inquiring about awards potential. Yes, as though they're sort of fielding interest to see whether or not they should. Yeah, the, uh, they were yes. They yes. they emailed us and they said, "Did you get the DVD? We sent it out as a screener. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Is there anything there? Yeah. I, I, I answer. And I get that. Look, they have meager resources. Anchor Bay is primarily a DVD distribution company, and I realize that if you know that, that fielding an Oscar campaign is sort of not in their business plan, unless they think. But they ought to do it. They really ought to. I told her, which maybe is a little bit out of school. Maybe I shouldn't say this. Yeah, go I ahead. told her. I, I, I didn't want to say anything because, quite frankly, at that point, I hadn't seen the film. But um, I said at the time, yep. I said, I haven't seen the film yet, but I'll tell you this. It's a wide open year. Yeah. You can take that for what you will. Yeah. Because right now, at this point, it's a wide open year. It's wide open. There's no, there's no front runner for best actress. No. Not even close. And so I, she took that to mean, you know. Yeah. Keep an eye on it. it. It could be worth it. Yep. Good. All right. Our last exit to Brooklyn, Wade, is a... Uh, this is a... Uh, oh, my gosh. What? I remember this. This is a film from 1990 directed by uh, Uli Edel. Yeah. What happened, to, what happened to him? I don't know, but uh, this is a really interesting film. I liked it. It is very bleak. 
her performance kind of annoys me a little bit, but it is compared. Honestly, I look back on it and I think I'm kind of revising my original opinion of it a little. Of uh, Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah. Well, the movie uh, charts. Uh, it follows a gang of uh, you know these gang you know young kids, these young toughs. In Brooklyn, uh, you know, a prostitute and an abusive father and, uh, you know, a, a union official who, you know, can't admit that he's like actually like a super left wing guy. And then the, another like this other strike leader who may or may not be gay and and a father who can't express love for his kid. That All that sort of stuff is going on in this little potboiler of a neighborhood. And um, it's good. It's good. You know what? I, I like movies that are not afraid to tonally, at least. Yeah. At least in the look of it, they're not afraid to be as bleak as the story wants it to go. Yeah, they're not afraid. They temper it a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. here they don't. They yeah. here they go. All the, most movies do temper it. Most no, movies true. are too afraid to be too. They're they're too afraid to be too too difficult. Too well, they, dark, they pull their this. punches. They, they pull, pull their punches. punches. Yeah. Let's say exit to Brooklyn. Say what you will about it. And by the way, it also co-stars Ricky Lake, a very young Ricky Lake, and Stephen Baldwin. When when did he stop doing movies? When he well did, didn't Stephen become a God Freak? Well, he, but he hasn't been in movies in ages. I mean, like... He well, he and Kirk Cameron should do a movie together. Yeah, I guess. Um, so, The Zookeeper is a... Uh, oh, heaven is, help us. Huh? Is Kevin James's follow-up to the uh, inexplicably popular uh, uh, Paul Blart Mall Cop. So, what he does is he takes all the goodwill, the inexplicable <laughs> goodwill built up by the massive yeah. success of Paul Blart, and he turns it into The Zookeeper. Man, This why? is just an unbelievably unfunny film, which... You know, you, you could. The thing is, is that you could see where the studio was like. He plays a zookeeper, which means there'll be animals, and kids love animals, oh. and adults love Kevin James, and there'll be some fart jokes, and it'll be great. And well, he'll do a little dance and do that little fat dance thing that he does because uh, he's very Jackie Gleason like. No, it's not. He's not Jack. He wishes in his yeah, in his wildest dreams. So this is uh, the zookeeper, and now Kevin James is going to have to do something else because. They're not going to be able to come up with like yeah. more, more movies about Kevin Kevin James doing you know menial sounding occupations. Yeah, I think those days are over. But uh, does the Blu-ray look good? Sure, why not? What are you going to do? Come on, it's a zookeeper. Who cares? Uh, there's a blooper reel. There's a, a featurette on the uh, on all the animal co-star. It's all just meaningless. Just wait, take it away. Okay, make it go away. You know, Criterion, uh, they pulled another one out. They really nailed it with this one. Uh, a brand new, fabulous Blu-ray. Just gorgeous freaking release of uh, The Four Feathers, an incredible color film from 1939. I know everybody thinks 1939, that was the year that they made Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz. Those are the stand, the hallmarks of color in 1939. Not true. Uh, an amazing color British film in 1939, The Four Feathers, directed by the brilliant Zoltan Korda, who, Hungarian by birth, but uh, really along with Paul and Pressburger, sort of established what British cinema would become throughout the sound era and everywhere after. Uh, there would be no David Lean, no Merchant Ivory, none of that kind of stuff that we identify so strong with British cinema had it not sort of been forged by Zoltan Korda and Paul and Pressburger. And uh, Korda is just a, a legend of the era. This is such an amazing film. This is from the Janus Films Collection who releases almost all of their stuff through Criterion. And uh, basically, it's, you know, if, if you don't know this story, I mean, it, it was remade more recently by um, uh, Shaker Kapoor with that 
kind of not such a great version that had uh, Heath Ledger. Oh, and, that's right. Yeah, and, um, that had so many problems. That 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 version of it. But this Wes Bentley was in that. Yeah, too, right? but this is this is the original. It's great. It's not terribly long. It's under two hours, and uh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful transfer. Uh, great Miklos Rosa music just booms on the soundtrack. You just can't believe it. Fabulous commentary by uh, Charles Drazen, who's a uh, film uh, historian. And then they interview uh, Corda's son, David. And uh, they also include this really fascinating short film from 1939 called A Day at Denim, which is uh, just a little bit of uh, behind-the-scenes uh, stuff, which is really cool. So uh, it, just, it just doesn't get better than this. This is what Criterion's all about, baby. Wait, do you want to know what's coming up soon? Being released soon? Sure, hit me. Oh, The uh, Terrible Hangover Part 2, coming out uh, December 6th. And uh, Tyler Perry's A Medea Christmas. Huh? Tyler Perry's A Medea Christmas is coming out soon. Well, I won't be seeing that. Yeah, I know. Uh, the Surprisingly Okay Captain America First Adventure coming out uh, on October 25th. <laughs> Surprisingly Okay, indeed. <laughs> I think that's fair, right? Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Useless to Smurfs on uh, December 2nd. Uh, the Change Up, the horrible, disgusting, uh, ridiculous uh, Ryan Reynolds. I still don't get it. I'm just so confused. You know, you know I just saw Olivia him. Olivia Wilde, I want you to marry me. Can I, I, saw... can I propose to Olivia Wilde right here on the show? Sure. And I saw Ryan Reynolds in a movie this morning. It's really freaking good. Opening what, Friday. What did you see? Fireflies in the Garden. Oh, yeah. The which Julie has been on, the sh- been on the shelf for four years. So he's in that? He, he's oh, the he's star. Not, I mean, he's, he's the main star. It? He's really good. The whole movie is really good. And in the poor guy who directed it, who wrote and directed it, it's his, his filmmaking debut he makes it for a company that is mismanaged beyond all comprehension, goes bankrupt, and suddenly his filmmaking debut like sits in somebody's closet for four years while he waits for his career to, to hope. Like, how do you keep your – I mean, honestly – How do you keep a Julia Roberts movie and a Ryan Reynolds movie? And, and Willem Dafoe. Under wraps for And Hayden Panettiere. Like throughout the whole period that she's – her popularity is skyrocketing with heroes, this thing is sitting on a shelf. Like, what the hell are they... How do you do that to this poor guy? So did Ryan Reynolds give an actual performance? Like an it's actual a re- performance like, like, like a real actor would give? Not like a, smarm, not like a smarmy... No. Uh, I mean, it's a little... Unless he, unless he plays like sort of a character, I don't it's know. It's a little smarmy, but he has cause to be. And uh, it's really good, man. It's really good. Anyway, it's not what this show's about, but moving on. Uh, the Change Up, uh, which is horrifying. Uh, that's coming out on November 8th. Atlas Shrugged Part 1. Oh, thank goodness, because Part 2 is going to come out next year. Why is it coming out at all? I don't know. Uh, that's Blew coming that out one. in November. And uh, a movie that you liked a lot, The Devil's Double, is coming out on November 22nd. Well, I liked it. I didn't like it that much. Really? I thought you really liked it. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's good. It, it's, it's about the guy who, was, who became uh, Saddam Hussein's son's double. Yes, he was Uday Hussein's double. And actually made public speeches, and you know, people thought he was Uday. And and if you look at the guy, he really does. Like the real guy, really looks a lot like it. Dominic I, Cooper. I just think it's a little bit. Uh, well, the actor is really good, and he plays both parts. What else is coming out? Uh, Jessica Alba in An Invisible Sign. Oh my! Which comes out on November first. I, I have know no idea what that, what that is. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's just bizarre. I, that you know what? It's funny. You know, we have this conversation all the time. Your favorite star is starring in films that just go right to DVD. It's, and you know what? It's funny because now there's a certain cachet when a film goes straight to cable, yeah. like an HBO film. It's happening more But and there's more. never been cachet when you go straight to DVD. No. It is impossible. It, just, there's, it will always just say stinker. Wow. And by the way, Wade, uh, I have to say that um, I was very excited, uh, but I had to cancel my subscription to Quickster. Because it's part of Netflix again. <laughs> It's a fascinating development. They are going to be teaching class. They, they, there will be weeks in like marketing classes. Yeah, about how that about how they screw that whole thing that up. up. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Blu-ray and DVD of a terrific film, which I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a uh, a sleeper at the end of the year when awards start uh, getting handed out. This is a terrific little movie. This is another Anchor Bay release. However, theatrically distributed by the Weinstein Company, who's got money. And they are going to push this thing. Mark my words. This is like born to be a Weinstein uh, award fodder. Great little movie, Submarine, by director Richard Ayoade, or Ayoade, or however you pronounce it. Uh, wrote and directed this thing. It is absolutely great. One of the best coming-of-age films I've ever seen. Forget about Wes Anderson. If you want somebody who's the modern incarnation of uh, Richard Lester, who's making Richard Lester-type films, this is it. This is this just screams of the angry young man period and, and Richard Lester. It's got all that vibe to it. And uh, it's great. It's, uh, it's about a kid played by Craig Roberts, who is, he's just a loner, and his parents have this really awkward marriage, and um, his parents played by uh, Sally Hawkins and um, Noah Taylor, Noah Taylor of Shine, who's not, a, not easy on the eyes, but a great actor. And, uh, it, you know, there's, a, there's awkwardness in the marriage. He wants to save his parents' marriage. And then, of course, there's this girl who's played by Yasmin Page, who's, you know, she's, she's a quirky, nerdy girl, and they kind of have a boyfriend-girlfriend thing that goes on. And the whole thing is just sweet and charming and chaotic and eccentric and, and an absolute delight. Great soundtrack. Everything about this movie works. Uh, look for this at awards time for sure. Submarine. And the only reason this thing got the proper theatrical release it deserves and didn't go straight to video, look at what it says above the title of the movie. Ben Stiller presents. There you go. That's the power of Ben Stiller. He threw a pre- presentation credit on this thing, and suddenly uh, the Weinsteins felt like they could get some theater action out of it. So uh, just terrific. Absolutely great. It's got to make enough featurette and deleted scenes. Get it on Blu-ray. It looks so much better than it does on DVD. So much better on Blu-ray. This film is so well photographed. Such interesting colors and compositions. You will love it on Blu-ray. Wait. That. Right on. Right on. All right. Uh, Could you do viewer mail or listener mail? Or yeah, let's do listener mail. Let's okay. do listener mail. And then, we'll, you know what? You, you, uh, you go ahead and uh, take the, uh, cue that up. All righty. <laughs> well, I talk about the trip. Now, the trip I'm talking about, of course, is not the... Uh, the freaky uh, 1967. Oh, the, 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 the Corman era the thing? The Corman, the trip. No, this is a trip from uh, one of my favorite directors, Michael Winterbottom. Michael Winterbottom has done a lot of films, and they're all, much, uh, they're all very different, and uh, they're all terrific. And uh, this, the trip is really, really funny. It stars two hilarious British comedians, Steve Coogan, who you probably know, and uh, Rob Brydon. Now, the two of them starred in uh, Winterbottom's previous film, Tristam Shandy, A Cock and Bull Story, which was also very funny, although I think that this is really, really good stuff. This was shown on the BBC. In fact, it was a uh, six-part series on the BBC, uh, and it was just sort of uh, compiled and turned into a theatrical. It's definitely a strange movie, and, uh, you know, it's great. Coogan plays... Coogan does his, his usual, like, narcissistic, you know, his narcissistic, satirical thing. But he's so good at it. He plays a uh, a writer who is assigned by the Observer, uh, the British newspaper, to go on a food tour of Northern England, and that is the trip. And so instead, Coogan and Bryden they they're driving around and they're just complaining and they're arguing and they're they're taking pot shots at each other and they're being totally hilarious. And Bryden does great, really funny. Um, impersonations. He does Al Pacino. There's also Michael Caine impersonations, Sean Connery impersonations, just really funny stuff. I mean, these guys, it's very freeform, uh, but it's just really funny stuff. The only thing I'll say about it is that it's long. 
which is whatever, because again, it used to be it was a miniseries, so you know. But still, it's not a, it's not an unreasonable length, but still, it's a bit long, especially for kind of a trifle, which is what this is really is or meant to be. But it is very very funny. The uh, DVD, not Blu-ray. The DVD contains uh, making up, behind the scenes. Deleted scenes are funny, um, but it's good stuff. Really good stuff. I love Michael Winterbottom. I'm glad to see that he's uh, he, he's he's in a bit of a phase of, of his career where he's sort of experimenting. You know, I, I like him. I'm hoping he gets back to doing like not real movies, but you know, stuff important. He always stuff. mixes important it up. Though. Stuff. Always mixes it up. You know, I love 24 Hour Party People. I love Code 40. I even like Code 46, which a lot of people don't like. Um, he's just really, uh, you know, nine songs was a little bit crazy, but still, Road to Guantanamo was great. Mighty Heart was okay. Uh, anyway, I really like him. And the trip uh, recommended by me for oh, laughs, for funniness. Totally. All right, some listener mail. And by the way, Mark, we've been making some mistakes lately. You know that? We're not perfect. We're, we're demigods now. <laughs> we're the IGN demigods. Uh, no, we did have some people uh, email us and correct us when we talked about uh, the uh, 3D Final Destination movie. I think you had gotten the date wrong on the – and notice how I put the blame on you. You've gotten the date wrong on the original Final Destination because there is Final Destination and then the Final Destination – yeah, you know what's funny is that I, I, I emailed him back and I yeah. said, as I was saying that, well, there were a it seemed wrong. Yeah. It seemed wrong as I was saying it, but somehow we were like in the moment and I was like, well, we're, I'm we're, going with it. And we're juggling, you know, press notes and things at the same time and that kind of stuff. And then also, um, the uh, we mentioned that there were extras on the new Transformers Blu-ray. There are not, it turns out. And the confusion arises because uh, very often, and I should a little peek behind the curtain here, um, we're increasingly, you know, having to choose between things that get released. And the studios are doing weird things like, hey, this movie's now available on VOD, digital copy, uh, DV, DVD, Blu-ray and DVD, 3D Blu-ray and DVD, Blu-ray alone, special edition, blah 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 blah, and there'll be like seven different editions to choose from, which is going to be confusing to the consumer and it's confusing to us. And so they only sent us the uh, Best Buy exclusive of the, uh, the the new Transformers film, which is not the same as shows up on regular retail shelves, nor the same as the special edition that's going to be released in a few weeks' time, closer to the end of the year, which will be loaded with extras. So. Um, a little few crossed wires there as we're trying to juggle the product that we have and the product that we've been given notes on, and uh, we blew it, so we we copped to it. So alas, the uh, the extras that are uh, going to be showing up on that other edition of Transformers are going to be coming out end of the year. But we had uh, we had a great thread going, uh, courtesy of an email that we originally received from uh, Nicholas Gordon, and uh, we started that on the uh, the uh, Facebook page. You should go there, IGN Digigods. And uh, basically, uh, I, I said, uh, well, I want everyone to weigh in on this. Nicholas Gordon wrote us the following. My wife and I were watching some old classics between exams this week. The Maltese Falcon, Psycho, Gaslight, Arsenic, and Old Lace, Some Like It Hot, and Bringing Up Baby. While we were watching them, I had a question pop into my head. What is it about black and white that makes it look, make movies look so amazing? I really couldn't answer it. There seem to be so many possibilities. It seems much easier to set a mood... Dark for Gaslight, Psycho, The Maltese Falcon, and Bright for Bringing Up Baby, Arsenic, and Old Lace, Some Like It Hot. Is it a nostalgic feeling, or is it simply just more glamorous? And we had a great thread going on this, and it's actually still going on, and some wonderful comments. Um, Alexander Weiss says, I like and have always preferred more recent black and white movies, like I think the black and white works perfectly in Ed Wood, showing a world of misfits and low-budget movie. Uh, Also, black and white was the right choice for young Frankenstein. Um... 
Nicholas Peterson says, can I just say the boxing ring with all the cigar smoke around it and Raging Bull is one of the best black and white shots in the history of life. Lance Taylor also says, can you imagine Eraserhead in color or Ed Wood in Schindler's List? How horrible would that be? And I think everybody agrees that there's something about black and white that is just amazing. Um, but can we put our finger on it? Because it, like David Lynch once said, it takes you far, far away. That's part of it. You, you know, know I, I think that there's something in the way in the, uh, the it's a lot of it is the mood, the lighting, because somehow there's something about black and white and the way it just hits your eye and the way it's lit and the way it throws shadows that is just so much more primal and evocative than yeah. color. It, it, Somehow, it, it, when you have to consider color in your evaluation of a film, not that it ruins it, but it adds stuff. And well, black and white cuts through and, and just clarifies. It's, it, there's something about black and white as well. And, and, and it has to be the right film. You know, obviously we love... I mean, Lawrence of Arabia is not going to work as well in black and white. But, you know, Raging Bull wouldn't work as well in color. Uh, it has to be the right tool. And there's something about black and white that just creates... A mood, a time, a place. It removes it from the present reality in a certain way uh, and, and lets you make things more stark and more defined. And uh, it focuses your attention. I agree. It's great. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful area of discussion. So join that conversation. Chime on in. Uh, we also got an email from Brian Swagel who writes us and says, uh, Every now and then you guys plug audio commentaries you've done. Since I've listened to your show for years, oh, you poor sap. I'd really like to listen to a DVD with you guys doing the commentary. What are some memorable ones I could track down? Um, and uh, I mentioned that this is what we've done. We've done for uh, a bunch of stuff for Vanguard, including Armless, Bird Can't Fly, Becoming Eduardo, Carcasses, Insignificant Others, Lily's Thorn, Pinprick, and Symmetry of Love. And we just did Jester Till, which is uh, coming out in a few weeks. So uh, that's quite a bit. I can't believe we've done all those commentaries. How did we think of that much stuff to say? Uh, we just say the same thing for every commentary. I actually really like our commentaries for Carcasses and uh, Bird Can't Fly. I'm kind of partial to those. And Becoming Eduardo wasn't bad. You know, Carcasses is, is a good movie. I mean, it's, it's an interesting film. It's a, it's a worthwhile film to watch regardless of, of our commentary. Yep. And, and, by, and by the way, uh, uh, you, people don't know this, but, uh, or maybe you, you do if you've listened, but all of our commentaries are, are in rhyme. Yes. Everything we say rhymes. It's true. Every, every, every line rhymes. Iambic pentameter. That is right. It's very difficult to pull off, you know, live without notes, but we do it. We do it. And then Alan San Francisco writes us, and he corrects me again, another mistake, when I was talking about the, uh, that ABC movie, uh, Different Kind of Love or whatever it was called, with uh, Sean Cassidy and Linda Pearl. I said Linda Blair. Got my Lindas crossed well, up. That it was, was Linda problem. Pearl. I'm not... I'm not I'm not referencing some Linda Blair TV Linda movie. Pearl. It was you, Linda Pearl. P-U-R-L. I got that all you. screwed up. And I'm not going to do the line that Sean Cassidy says because people will never let me forget it. I'd have to, I'd have to do something politically incorrect. And then Ben Thompson writes us and says, With the remake coming soon, are there plans for a better edition of The Thing to be released on Blu-ray? The previous edition wasn't fantastic compared to the DVD or the HD DVD. Also, does the new movie have a chance at being decent? Well, we're going to see it tomorrow night. I'm not going to see it. You're not going to see it? Yeah, I'll see it. Okay. <laughs> I don't think it has a shot at being decent. I think it's going to be terrible. But uh, it's like a prequel, actually. This, this new one technically takes place before the John Carpenter film, as I, I like understand it. You know what? I, I, I thought the John Carpenter Blu-ray was okay. It's okay, but it's not like big whoop-de-doo special edition. So no, I, it's not a special edition, but I thought the video quality was, yeah. was a, a solid B+. Yeah, yeah. Look yeah, good. Solid. Don't forget, I mean, the Carpenter films are not, they're not big-budget movies. 
you know. Yeah. And I I remember the Carpenter film and just I I, I think those you know because I rewatched the Blu-ray relatively recently, and those effects, all practical. There's no CGI. Yeah. Those effects are still terrifying. They're great. Yeah. It's a great movie. I must say. Well, not to be confused with the movie that we just talked about, Submarine, uh, is a, uh, a new film from Tom, Danish director Thomas Vinterberg, one of the uh, poor guys who got suckered into Lars von Trier's oh, idiotic come on. dogma how, thing. How devastating is the celebration? It's a good film, but it didn't, oh, it didn't need to be. It didn't need to be dogma. So, by the way, I have to say that uh, this, here's the thing. This is my uh, DVD pick of the week. Huh? The Celebration. Yeah. Directed by Vinterberg. Yeah. Uh, unbelievably highly recommended. Yeah. Under one condition. What? You read nothing about it before you go in. True. Literally, if you read even the back of the DVD... In fact, if It'll you read it. the back of the DVD package... It'll ruin it. Ruined. Yep. In fact, if you get it on Netflix, I'm not sure if it's streaming, yeah. stream, streamable. Yeah. If they send you the disc on Netflix, yeah. don't read the disc sleeve. Because the disc sleeve on Netflix, it, it gives you the plot summary. Yeah, don't. Don't, don't do that. It'll, it'll Put kill it. Put it in completely, totally knowing nothing yep. about it. Don't read one word. And you will be blown away. Well, this is Vinterberg's new film, which was uh, in competition in Berlin. And uh, this thing got, like, no theatrical release. And I don't know why, because it's really damn good. Um, this is a, this should have been released by Focus, and I don't know what they were thinking. But anyway, um, this is basically one of those Two Brothers movies. It's not as original as uh, some of Vinterberg's other stuff. We've seen, you know, the Good Brother, Bad Brother stuff before. Uh, but, boy, I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's pretty heavy-hitting stuff. Uh, really good performances, extremely well photographed, and uh, uh, bravo, you know. It, uh, this should have gotten a theatrical release, and I think that shows the void that exists now for uh, foreign language films, that where this stuff's going straight to DVD instead of getting a real crack at, uh, you know, being seen in a movie theater where people should see him. So it's unfortunate that Vinterberg uh, now has to sort of uh, slum it on DVD, but uh, look for this if you can. Submarino. Submarino. So we've had Submarine and Submarino. And Submarino. Exactly. Now, Wayne, why are we uh, bearing the lead on these? Uh, we're not. We're going to get to that right now because this is uh, – here, the, these are the three things that we need to have a conversation about. And uh, we need to spend a little bit of time on this. I uh, want these. He says in his playground voice. We, we have a couple of Diamond Edition uh, Disney releases here. Lion King in 3D and Beauty and the Beast in 3D. Uh, all tricked up in fantastic multi-disc sets. Lion King is four-disc combo pack. Beauty and the Beast is a five-disc five combo pack. Um, both of them have to put a little sticker on it that says great value. You know what? Because half those... <laughs> look... A five disc is like there's the, the 3D Blu-ray, there's the Blu-ray, there's the DVD, there's the digital copy. You're not going to... No. First of all, no one's going to watch the 3D one ever. Correct. Uh, the no fi- one's going to watch the digital copy because people are not digitally... Very they few have, people are digitally copying They things. got a Blu-ray 3D, they got two two discs for the Blu-ray, one for the DVD, one for the digital copy, and then, you know, uh, on Lion King it's the same thing except the regular Blu-ray is one disc. It's nonsense. I here's the thing. It's all the same whiz bang special stuff that they've had previously on other releases, except now we have the lenticular cover and there's a three D after the fact thing. Like Disney now thinks that all those people that ran to the Lion King when it just opened and surprisingly overperformed last month. Everybody thinks there or a few weeks ago, Disney now thinks like, Oh my gosh, we gotta do everything in three D and re release it. It's, it's so like, reactionary. You could have released the Lion King in two D. And it would have done just as well. Because re-releases are like a thing of the past. Nobody realizes what a cool thing it is to do every once in a while. To re-release a movie in a lot of theaters and give it a push and let people go out again. It's nice. 
You know, people can see it at home, but it doesn't mean they don't want to go out and see it in a theater. I mean, Lawrence of Arabia and uh, The Sound of Music had great anniversary re-releases, you know, about 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Well, I'm so curi- why, I'm curious. why not, you know, it was about 25 years ago, 20 years ago. So, I, I, I'm just curious how it. much 3D ticket, was it was, was this only release in 3D theater when it re- was released? No, no, there were, there were 2D releases of it as well. I'm just curious what the percentage of... 3D Nonsense. tickets were sold versus 2D tickets. It's just it's just weird. But I, you I, know what? I'll, I'll say this: both both of them. Okay, forget the 3D thing because you'll never see it in 3D no, at home. No. Uh, but the Blu-rays are magnificent, gorgeous. Lion King, gorgeous. Beauty and the Beast, gorgeous. Yeah. The end. They look fantastic. It looks great. But you can go out and get the other, the previous release of Beauty and the Beast, especially in just Blu-ray. You don't have to get the 3D one, and it's fine. Well, the what the. Uh, what Beauty and the Beast has, it has a Blu-ray disc of nothing but bonus features, and that's nice. And and the stuff on there is great. Yes, it's terrific. I loved I love the Lion King. I love seeing the Lion King on. on uh, we, Wade and I saw the Lion King um, on stage. Yes, we did, and I and you've always blamed me for going there late. Maybe I'll blame you. Maybe I'll blame you again. Don't miss the first ten minutes of Lion King. It's the most spectacular thing you've ever seen. <laughs> you've ever seen. You will not want to miss the first 10 minutes of Lion King. It is unbelievable. It is, it, it is a spectacle unlike you've ever seen. We came in in minute 11. <laughs> Thanks to Wade. All I didn't right. think there'd be traffic going from Malibu to Hollywood. <laughs> Whoever thought there'd be traffic at rush hour going from Malibu 65 miles to Hollywood? Okay. I thought it would only take three seconds. We have a. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna escape now. We have the totally inappropriate edition of Horrible Bosses uh, now, which, yeah, you know, it's, whatever. It's more easy to market this thing than to actually sell it. I mean, it's it's not it's not great, but this is one of the first, and we got another one coming up uh, next week, I think. This is the the first studio release with ultraviolet digital copy. Go, Mark. Tell everybody what ultraviolet digital copy is in ten words or less. I'll read it off of here. Maybe they have it here. <laughs> It allow, allows you to collect movies and watch them at home. <laughs> there you go. That's what it is. Read right off the page. Done and done. Oh, my gosh. So we get Horrible Bosses, Blu-ray and DVD and digital copy combo set, right? And uh, it includes this purple piece of paper. Ooh, that's a tongue twister. Purple piece of paper. It was this purple piece of paper that says Ultraviolet Digital Copy, A Reviewer's Guide. And then it's just like a whole bunch of crap. And it's like, really? If I need to read from this piece of paper to explain what this is to people listening to the podcast, it's going to be a problem. Here's the idea. Because so many people have had problems with digital copy, like getting it to play, it'll play on my iPod, it won't play on my computer, it'll play on my computer, it won't play on my iPad, it'll play on a, on a Google device, it won't play on an Apple device, and it won't, you know, whatever. I can't transfer it to my hard drive, I can transfer it to my phone. Uh, the studios have now all gotten together and perfected something called Ultraviolet, which is a universal standard uh, digital copy that you can do a lot of different things with. It, the idea is that it will sit on a digital locker somewhere, and that since you've now bought the Blu-ray DVD combo, that also entitles you to access your little cloud version of the movie. That's, that's what it is. It's the cloud. It's the cloud. Your little cloud version of the movie that sits out there somewhere on a server somewhere. And uh, all you need to do is just sort of log in on whatever device that you've got, and you can stream it to any device at any time anywhere in the world. I don't know why that's useful. Uh, I don't really get the point, especially if you're getting that when you buy the physical media. 
Um, but it, honestly, you know, it's like here's follow the instructions to get your digital copy. Go to the website printed on the insert. Create or log into your Flixster account. Flixster will keep a digital copy of your movie in a cloud for you. You must be 18 or older to set up an account. I'd love to see them monitor that. Create or log into your Ultraviolet account. Through the Ultraviolet, you'll be able to enjoy the digital copy on Internet-connected devices. Enter your redemption code. Instantly stream your new Ultraviolet digital copy from a web browser, iPhone, or Android device. Follow the instructions for each on the screen. You can download a copy for offline playback via Flixster Collections. Follow the link on the screen to download the software. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it ain't going to work. The thing is that Horrible Bosses is the... First Blu-ray to feature, yes, uh, this is it. Ultraviolet, and then on Friday, Green Lantern comes out on DVD yep. or on Blu-ray, and that will feature yep. Ultraviolet. And, and you know boy, what? what a great pair of films to try and sell a new technology, right? Yeah, really. Boy, I, you know what? I'm going to. You know what? I'm telling you, I, I, I'm I'm putting this out there. I believe. You know how now? You know how now? Some of these young, young kids are getting getting back into uh, yeah. record albums mm-hmm. and even cassettes. You know, the big new thing now is cassettes. Cassettes are back. Are, are back in hand. Isn't that weird? So cheap. Isn't well, because it's really cheap for new artists to pass, yeah, pass of course. Out sets. I think with all this cloud stuff that is confusing people, and there's a certain thing where you're trusting somebody else to keep your stuff, and what happens if something happens, and then if something happens, how are you going to get it back again? I think there's going to there may be a a, a, bl- a blip, of, yeah. uh, uh, there may be a, a a resurgent blip, a blippy resurgence, a a blip surgeons of people a blip surgeons yes of people wanting. Physical media. Oh, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, honestly. I think you're yes. right. Yes, and uh, here's some of the media they may want to have. How's that for a segue into our last handful of titles? Uh, Mr. Nice did not get the release it should have gotten, but you know what? It's a good film. You should check up on it. Um, it's out on Blu-ray and on DVD. We only got the Blu-ray, and that's the only way you should watch it. This is uh, Reese Eifens. Uh, basically, as I guess... You, re- you remember the Johnny Depp thing that um, Ted Demi directed... The, blow? The blow. You remember that? You would Penelope Cruz? Yeah. Right? This is a little bit like a better version of that. Uh, Reese Eifens is amazing in this. And uh, I hear he's really good in Anonymous, too. I hear he's amazing in Anonymous. Can I say something about Anonymous? Yeah. It's Quick, because we're at the end of the show. Worst name for a movie ever. True, but uh, I, I'm eager to see it. it. Look, I mean, come on. Would you have ever expected... Roland Emmerich? Roland Emmerich to make that movie. Uh, anyway, Reese Eifens basically plays uh, a very, very famous marijuana smuggler... Who uh, you know he he was once just a, a really promising student in the UK, and then he became this infamous uh, drug dude. And uh, Bernard Rose, who previously did both mo- movies like Candyman and uh, uh, Immortal Beloved, who's sort of all over the map, does a really good job. The movie is unfocused, and it really doesn't kind of have a point, and it's just a little bit too tricked up for its own good. But it's good and enjoyable and epic in a thoroughly, thoroughly uh, involving way. So even though it's imperfect, I would really, really recommend this. I think uh, it's, got, it's got its moments. Uh, oh, Mark, uh, nail us on that one. Uh, Judy Moody in the Not Bomber Summer. Uh, I can't say that this movie was made for me, but I will say that it's not very good. And uh, the reason it's not very good is that, you know what, it's a, it's a bit like an explosion at the, uh, at the Kid Movie Factory where it is just very colorful and very slapstick and very busy. And I guess it's good for kids with ADD, but otherwise it just doesn't really have a whole lot of charm because it's too busy being busy. Now, the, uh, the woman who stars in it, as uh, Judy Moody, is uh, a kid named Jordana Beatty, maybe Beatty, not sure. She is very good. 
Um, so you know what? Uh, the, the kids might like it. You know what? I would give the kids a whole lot of sugar. Yeah. And then make them watch this movie. <laughs> we'll jump out the window. Awesome. And by the way, Heather Graham, she's uh, like ageless. Smoking. Okay. Smoke, smoke, I know, but oh, you're not saying she's like ageless because she's been smoking. No, she was born in 1970. Right. So she's 40. She's 41. 41 years old. Jeez, she looks like she's 20. I know. God bless her. And with that, we are done. We'll be back next week. It is uh, starting to really, really, really ramp up for the holidays. We've got a lot of great titles. We'll be talking about Ultraviolet a lot, I'm sure, in the next coming weeks. And uh, it'll, it'll uh, you know, become part of the ongoing conversation, you know, like BD Live. What happened to BD Live? All these things are kind of, you know, falling by the wayside now. Interesting. Well, anyway. Oh, wait. Was I supposed to comment on I that? don't know. I, I, you, I, you I, look, you, I, I thought you were going for the last word on the I, Well, I was. You, you, give us the last word, Mark. What's our last word on, uh, on anything of importance in the world today? Snuggles. Snuggles.